All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Daddy Long, that guy. And shout out to Real Life Crew. Hey, you're one of 12 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. Yeah, you know what? The, to define that uh, uh, better, um, I think the key there is. Uh, I just lost my trend of thought. God, every time I hear that, it's like a, it's like a beautiful piece of art that reveals a new element every time. Just to clarify on that further, like you had no chance of clarifying your earlier thought, Robert, because you didn't have an earlier thought. Real life podcast coming at you live. Little brick, heart of the river Valley, a site under construction. There's a lot of people climbing around this old girl right now, putting in walls, putting in plumbings, putting in power cords, Chalmers, other things you'd know about. Yeah. Hive of activity. Are you impressed? Yeah, it looks wicked over there. Our old podcast studio has been swept away yep. by professionals. Goodbye. But, you know, they say three more weeks. We'll be down you, there. When you living. say by professionals, it makes me sound like I'm not a professional. <laughs> well, Ooh, fair. Okay, yeah. You were, you, were, you were moonlighting. I was moonlighting. I'm a professional contractor, but yes. we were trying to do something. On the that, free. On you the, were not yeah. being paid. Yeah. These jerks are down there charging us to redo our work. Yes. Because they were doing the other three quarters of the basement. Yes. They've re-leveled the floor. Yes. In this 1903. We were not going to do that. We were not going to do that. They've rewired it all. Yes. They have now got the power upgraded to the house arranged. Correct, Jay? Yeah. I think it's booked for like two weeks from now. So they're going to bring a big old cable like on Lost and plug it into the side of the building. Yep. And then they're going to build us a full-on commercial kitchen in the basement, prep kitchen. Yeah. And then we're going to have our podcast studio. <clears throat> this is legit. It is legit. It's huge. Is everything on schedule now? I don't know. 
I'm worried more about the thing going on down the street, but we can talk about that later. But for the time being, it suffice <laughs> to say, Little Brick is a hive of activity. They have not seen this much construction since the motherfucker was built in 1903. How is everybody doing? Bag milk, you're back. You took a week off because you're lazy. Because yep. you're, what was it? <laughs> yep, lazy. Yeah. Mostly. Taking a break. Yep. Yeah. Feeling good? Feeling good. Feeling great. Happy yeah. to be back. Happy about the, how everything went in your stead? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, good. You, what do you think about old Kenny Holland being a fucking shoe-in for the uh, old GM position? I mean, it was the least kind of surprising thing, I think. Looking at the well, connections depends. to Bob like, A week ago, it is very surprising. Well, that is true. He said like he wasn't Friday. interested in the job yeah. last week. So, Dude, two weeks ago, we went through a list of 10 candidates, and Ken Holland was he playing was like the to be bribe? Was he, trying to, was he trying to play that game? Hey, man, five. Get five, five million a year? Yeah, five sheets will do that for or you. Or is he Paul Coffey, who legitimately does not want to be here, but they're throwing so much money at Paul Coffey that Paul Coffey's here? Uh, right now, I just don't know what... I think about it. I thought maybe they would go with a new kind of new blood guide that's open to analytics and all kinds of fun stuff. Tomorrow morning on The Nation, I'll have an interview going on with Nick Sagan, who's an editor at Wings Nation. That's in the Ooh, network. Dear, I'm scared what he has to say. And uh, actually, you know things. what? There's He says plenty of positives. In Excellent. So I asked him for, I asked him some hard questions, just tell us like it is. And then I asked him, why should we be excited about it? So tomorrow morning, that'll go up. Now, let me just step in and ask a few questions. Here, yes, I don't think you realize you're in a position of power. What you're doing is asking the guy in Detroit who works for you <laughs> if the GM they just shipped here to work for us is good. He was a uh, no, he wasn't. This uh, is your classic case of I don't want to tell Big Boss Bag Milk any bad news. He's no, a no, great no, idea. No. That's right. I told him exact to tell me like it is. I didn't want him to sugarcoat anything. But I put a question in there. Why should Oilers fans be excited about um, Ken Holland? And he had a good answer. So tune in. Don't Come give it away oh, for free. Oh, is that a tease? Yeah, yeah. Teaser. Oh, Can't give it away get, for free. I was on the edge of my seat I, there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I, why? Why? Because I need one right now. Yeah, touche. I've got pros and cons to 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 this, and uh, I like I, I said yesterday on Twitter, I'm gonna be very positive about this. We have because, to. Exactly. We have to until they lose. I don't have to. No, no. You you, you do you, buddy. I do. I no way. You do you. you. Said, yeah, you. I can do me, but you oh, said I, I have think to. You should be positive. What I would say, nation, look, son, man, I always be hope positive. For the, no, no, okay, this man. is Smig. This is what we I want. Always, yeah, we need him to challenge us so yeah, we can yell fair. at each other, that's and it's fair. good. That's fair. that's fair. I'm curious, though, to get your negatives out of the way. Let's just get them out of the way. Negatives out of the way. It just, you know, once again, optics. Uh, another hockey connection, or hockey Canada connection. Was an interview. There's just a lot of the same story. So you can take a lot of stock in that, or you can't. But, you know, I'm, 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 allowed, I'm allowing it to... Uh, to get on my cons list. So to me, it looks like a lazy hire. It's just, once again, they, Bob, Bob as a guy he worked with, he went and got approval from, from Mr. Cates to get tons of money and just threw it even so much to probably even leak the contract details as we've, as, as has been reported to try to convince him and sway him to come here without even going through any kind of due diligence. And do you think that he thought that the name recognition of Ken Holland would be like, oh, these fans are going to love it. This guy's tried and true. He's a, you know, he's an old time, like successful GM because it did not work. Well, ultimately, I don't trust the guy making the decision on who we hire anyways right now. So that's, so that, that, that's my cons. I do have pros. I do have pros. Yeah. I think there's plenty of pros. And, I, and I'm drinking, I'm going to fucking drink the Kool-Aid you on have these to. pros. We Just like I'm enjoying this fine sessional ale I'm getting from Little Brick Cafe and General Store. Great. In the heart of Edmonton's River Valley. General Store coming in 2023. So can I give my take on this then? 
Because I start don't. with cons first. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, you no, get him out of the way. Wait, 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 wait. You're gonna be the you're batting cleanup here for a hockey analogy. Let me do my things. <laughs> batting cleanup. And then you do your things because you have all those words, and then I have this drawing of a dinosaur eating a 747. <laughs> it's a good drawing. Here is what is good about Ken Holland in my mind. Positive first. I was the last guy off the Chirelli bandwagon. I will whatever the Oilers do, that is the move. I'm not here to fucking second guess every decision being made. If you're going to hire a new GM, this guy has to last five years. Oh, without a doubt. We Minimal. need continuity. Uh, Having Chirelli come in, was he dismissed in year three? Yeah. That's a mistake. Yep. Now, he was doing such a poor job by the end. He had to go. Mm-hmm. But the revolving... I, the argument is he should have been dismissed sooner. Well, that's the mistake. He shouldn't have never been hired. Well, you that's the ultimate. You can't hire, hire and fire a GM in one year. You can't. You can't. The revolving door of coaches the Oilers have had. Well, and they made the playoffs made, in that first year, yeah. so tough, tough to do. Anyways. Second year, second year, second year. That's right. You sorry. can't, you can't. the The revolving door of coaches that they've had here has made the problems in the program worse. Because every year you got a new system, or every second mm-hmm. year you got a new system. When you have a team that isn't winning, that's full of young kids, and they're getting all these fucking systems, they need continuity. Mm-hmm. So. Last guy off the trailer bandwagon. Fine. He's a fuck stick now looking back. But I think that Ken Holland, although old, isn't old, old. He's not Pat Quinn old. <laughs> Pat Quinn. Hey, man. Pat Quinn's an amazing coach. But we got Pat Quinn a little bit long in the tooth. And so it's not fair to hold Pat Quinn Oilers coach to the standard of Pat Quinn Hockey Hall of Fame coach because we got him late in the game. Right. Yep. I don't think Ken Holland's that old. I, I don't think so. Age is not a concern to me. Age ain't nothing but a number. R. Kelly featuring Aaliyah. How old is he? Oh, 63. 63. 63. <clears throat> okay. I One. feel ultimately this was a hire to ultimately have him go be a poho and then bring a GM up f- from some kind like of... Like be a GM in the short term. Then, yeah. yeah. I and believe then, in a position that is getting younger. For us to go with a 63-year-old no, is... You, I'm sorry. Hey, you got a whole thing there. Let me I can't just, help it. Let me Fine. Finish my thing. I just feel like I got to jump in with the old thing and yell at it, but I'll, well, yeah, no, 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 I'll, you'll I'll get, pinpoint you'll get, them you'll all get later. The, you'll get the ball, Shaq. One no thing worry. I want just to talk about is the here. old thing, too, is I'll, a little teaser for tomorrow's article with Nick is oh, for God's his sake. reluctance to use analytics is is a problem for me. I think, it, yes, those are in the negatives. I'm in the positives. Okay, good. But we were starting with the negatives, though. Well, not me. You were starting with the negatives. No, because Bag Milk told me to. Yeah, I did. Oh, but did you do your positives? No, I've done my positives. Oh, so we are going positives okay, and then fire back Okay, here. I got it. It's very complicated. It's hard to hire a new GM, as we're seeing right here. It's very hard. I think that Ken Holland did a very good job for a long time. And then towards the end of his tenure, he got some bad contracts. They're quote unquote in cap hell. They gave something named Justin Abeldol cater too much money. Fine. Um, his body of work, he made the playoffs 15 times. 18 times in a row. 18 times in a row. That's not by mistake. Nope. nope. I would settle for one time in a row. <laughs> All right. Jay, positives? Positives? <clears throat> he had the tremendous opportunity of working under probably one of the best sports team owners of all time. Mr. Illich. Mr. I. Uh, was part of an organization that instilled uh, an, a tremendous culture yeah, uh, and a culture of winning. So, so what you're saying, has, if yeah. you're saying, Ken Holland, what is the culture of the Edmonton Oilers? You expect that he'll have an answer? Yeah. I would actually, I, I would actually a, think, yeah. or, or, or if he might not know what the Oilers' current culture is, but he'll know, he'll, he'll build... I, be, I truly believe he will build a proper culture because it has to come. It, it starts at that level. Yes. Fortunately, it probably starts even a few levels higher. 
but hopefully this autonomy wall won't that's go, being... oopsie doopsie, Daryl Caps. Oopsie doops, my earlier yeah. thought. So if, if this is truly the Ken Holland show, he has been a part of a winning culture and instilled and helped create this winning culture. So I think that's a tremendous positive. What was the name of that Detroit Red Wings captain that you played with who told that story about Nick Lidstrom? Remember you played with the guy in the Alzheimer's tournament who was the former captain of the Red Wings for a very brief window. And he was in the 80s. He was telling the story about he was walking in the basement of Joe Louis Arena. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Nick Lidstrom was walking towards yep. him. What was that guy's name? Uh, Polonich. And Nick Lidstrom knew who he was. Yeah, and, call, and, and called him like Mr. Mr. Polonich. Polonich. Thank you for everything you've done for this city. Yeah. And thank you for blah, 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 blah. That is a culture that is set in motion by Illich and Ken Holland for 22 years. So, yeah. So if Ken comes in, because we've got some. So obviously he can't fire above, but he can fire below. And I hope there's some there's some targets within the organization that aren't players uh, that we could get rid of that could be deemed cancerous to culture. Uh, players? No, no, not players. Personal. People. People. Who? Well, I can't, can't name names. Why? Why not? We just there's about firing. Yeah, uh, take the hatchet out. No, there's 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 people there's people in the <laughs> media T? community. Peter there's, there's people in the media community. Well, you can't fire those. No, who know who and have to deal with some of these people on a daily basis. Oh, JJ, I oh, and communication also, <laughs> and also <laughs> there is been some poor poor scouting to date. All the scouts need to go. So those need to go. Uh, so he needs but to everyone's clean up. cousins but anyways, and brothers. But back to positive, he's won a ton of cups. He knows what a winning culture looks like and has been involved in implementing a winning culture. And you know what? Like now, I said this about Milan Lucic, but like five years ago, I'm like, oh, if we could have Ken Holland as a GM, um, like that would be the best thing the ever. Gold standard. So like, I can't, I can't be upset that we just hired Ken Holland. That's fair. If I'm looking at negatives, mine are my list's actually very small. The last three years, the Red Wings have had a very high payroll. No playoffs. Problem. However, I also know that he had a lot of pressure on him to maintain that ridiculous playoff streak, get to 19 years, so he was signing his vets to whatever deals. There's that. And after spending the weekend looking around and kind of doing some research of what he's done lately when they committed to rebuild mode, once they finally committed to that, he's done a very good job. Of rebuilding the wings. Of kind of clearing things out, bringing prospects in, letting them marinate, all the stuff that you want a GM to do. So I I remember um, Nicholson talking about Keith Gretzky and saying he has a Ken Holland approach to the game. Do you remember that? And he's very patient, almost like a Ken Holland. And I remember him saying that and being like, why is he referencing the wings guy? Sort of rude. But I wonder... If they're just like, why don't we get Ken Holland? I'll call my buddy Ken, just like I called my buddy Peter. Pete. Pete. And Peter. I called my other buddy Peter. Ken. Paul. Coach Ken. Wow. Yeah. They should have left. Now, knowing they were going to gas Peter, they should have kept Coach McClellan. It just, it just, the Hockey Canada connection does look bad. But, anyways, I'm positive. Positive. I'm positive. I think it's fine. Five years, he'll bring in a new, he'll bring in our genius wonder kid. <laughs> fucking train up Doogie Hauser too. Chalmers, get to that big page of facts you got written out. 
Okay, well, I was doing some thinking because the first thing that struck me was what I've noticed is because I don't just follow hockey is that the general manager position is becoming younger in all sports. And it started pretty much with Theo Epstein, who was hired, uh, you know, straight out of Yale at the age of 28 and took the Reds. Like, and he managed to he get was hired as GM out of Yale. Well, no, he was out. He came out of Yale. Yeah, he was working. He worked working in the baseball program at Yale or a student at Yale. No, he's a student at Yale. Yeah. yeah. So Ivy Leaguers are going the rate of the, the way of the baseball GM at this point. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, he got he got hired and he figured out a way with, you know, he's huge into sabermetrics, huge into analytics. And he figured out the cap system, you know, and used the two to combine old veterans that were on the cheap with good young talent. And, you know, he won the Red Sox their first World Series in 86 years. And, you know, by getting poppy and stuff like that. Anyways, then he goes and becomes the head of baseball operations for the Cubs. You know, and when is that them, not GM? No, so it's like it's like one step above GM. Oh, so oh. he like yeah, poho or whatever. You basically, have, yeah, you're same same exact thing you do. So who's pulling trigger on deals though? The, better the G- better park install in Chicago. The GM or Theo at that point? Theo. Theo he's Theo's, Theo's overseeing everything. I see. Yeah, he's overseeing everything. But you know, and he brings them the first World Series. Anyways, it's getting the get all started with him. But what that showed, and like Billy Bean, you know, these guys were young and they came with a different way of looking at a game that was ever changing. Did you ever see that movie where Billy Bean started up that fight club and everybody was fighting at Billy Bean's <laughs> he house? He that joke last he was week. Edward, <laughs> he was Edward Norton for a bit. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. What was that about? Sold soap. It was a whole thing. Such a weird season for the athletics. <laughs> so you say to me that he's not old. He's 63 years old. That's pretty damn old. Considering that in 1997, July 8th, David Poyle was hired as the, with the expansion club Nashville. And then nine days later, Ken Holland got the job with Detroit, um, making them the two longest tenured GMs in the NHL. David Poyle's still going? And- yep. He's still going because he's, he's, I mean, he's obviously He's got some still tough there. decisions to make, David Poyle, yep. this offseason. You know, so the next, the, the next one after that is Dave, uh, Doug Wilson out in San Jose. He's been there for 15 years. Anyways, so like... He's been a GM for a long, long time. Yes, he had a lot of success. In 2011, I read an article. I read an article the other day from 2011 that said that Ken Holland of the top 15 GMs in sports was number two. In but it's not year? fucking 2011. 2011. So eight years ago, eight he's the years number ago, two. he's a number number two, two of Lou, all time. Number no, number two at that moment at that in time. sports. Lou Lamorello was made eight the playoffs eleven jillion times in a row. Yeah. Yeah, 2011, we had Steve Tambellini walking up to the podium and selecting Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, good for us. And on that same list, Poyle was on there too at 10. My whole point is like, what I, where I thought we were going to, we, you know, we're a young team. And where I thought we, where I wanted us to go was to follow this trend, like the guys in, in, in Arizona, like to follow Toronto, get these young GMs that come in, the game's changing. Like, and I know for a fact that old, older men, when they're set in their ways, don't change. And now, just sure, it a worked second. at one point. Christopher Keith, what? That can't be true. Old white men are as adaptable as any other. Nope, you're right. Go on. <laughs> no, and it's just it was it was you know we had at list two to two weeks ago where we all picked a guy and there was ten guys on there and four of them kind of wanted to use analytics as kind of the backbone of building a team and really understanding the cap. You want to hear what scares me, Chalmers? What? Is that they brought in Ken Holland to finish training Keith Gretzky. And then they're like, five years from now, 2024, when we're like, there's two years left in Connor's contract. Does Keith Gretzky Gretzky care about analytics? Is he big into it? 
Uh, do we know it that he yet? He mentioned the need for analytics in that weird... And what so that means and, he and doesn't know about yeah, analytics. Yeah, and before the podcast, you told us that Ken Holland was not interested in analytics whatsoever. Yeah, he's he's known to depend on the eye test. He is not a big analytics guy. So my hope would be that he can kind of learn something, change a little bit. Because why wouldn't you want all the tools you can possibly have at your disposal? And there's our problem. We're hoping that a 63-year-old man who's been doing this the, the the second longest tenure in the NHL as a GM is going to change his ways for us. Are you suggesting change his hoping. ways though? I don't know that we need him to change his ways. We just need him to continue to do the job he did. The whole in Detroit here. It's. I think. Well, can yes. that work in this in this environment in this culture of hockey? The way that hockey's changing. Look at how many fights there is. Look at the way that the game's being. Like it's it's changing. The skill levels. The way that things go. The teams that stay ahead of curves like this are the ones that win championships. And when we don't even look like we give a shit about trying to stay ahead of it, that we actually kind of want to stay status quo or even, you know, lag behind. That's fucking depressing. Dude, am I the only one that thinks this? No. No. I agree with you. I was talking to a dude the other day. One minute, says Jared. Or possibly he's indicating that he's number one. one. No, that was a number one take by John. Number one take by Chris. (laughs) There will be nothing on Twitter that will say otherwise. (laughs) Number one, Christopher. By the way, do you like that? Like, uh, I've been no. watching it all week. Yeah, I mean, okay, so it was funny. It started out funny. Uh oh. No, wait. So what started out funny? The stuff on Twitter. What, what stuff I asked on Twitter? So, so you were taking some shit. Morgan says, yeah. "I want to get Make turf. fun of me." Internet. <laughs> no, see, I loved the beginning. It was fun because, like, the 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 photoshops were hilarious. I loved them. Like, and I, and I and I was and I responded, and it was you know it was cool. But man, like to do that all the time, like every day. You mean work at the nation? I'm just bad. I could not do it. I could not do this. Bag milk. How many people do you go back and forth with in a day? Hundreds. Like I, I still think of. It's been a while since I got one. Admittedly, but people emailing me that they want to beat the shit out of me and stuff. It's see, just kind of see, part the, of the thing. Yeah. So the people I got, they were fun. Like they were, they were oh. fun. They were, they were, they super were nice. super nice, man. Super, it was, super it was, nice. it was like you could tell that there was that they weren't being like jerks about it that no. they, they were coming at it from like a, a fun and I like that and I wanted to have it but I realized that it was like you know for one thing I'm not great with Twitter I I get like all these these mentions and stuff and I don't and then people mention <laughs> or people like <laughs> they go in the thread and I look at that and I don't realize that it's a big long thread I think it's just like one message right yeah. and then I try to find like the original message so I could get the whole thread. I mean, it's just confusing. You just go up with your thumb, but we'll so, show you. <laughs> old man we'll talks about old man taking over. And, others. and, and yeah. do I look like I'm in the running for the CEO at Twitter? No, I'm no, not. but you are after a very exhaustive search of talking to nobody and going to our friend, our co-host on the podcast. Oh my God. I see how the world works. <laughs> I see. Let's take a break. But Real life podcast back after this. Have you got holes to dig Earth the pack and roads to build? Then you need to call Jabba machinery group. Does your equipment need a service? You can't fix stupid, but here at Jabba Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jabba Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jabbamachinery.com. Jabba Machinery Group, join the family. I feel disappointed Josh didn't come on the show. I know, yeah. I, was I asked kind him, of a- I was like, why didn't you come? He's like, I don't know. It's kind of a miss. I think we had to stay persistent on him. They had a pretty compressed schedule. He was too busy having all of his patties. Patties. His patties. 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 Playing Finsk at his patties. Well, eight days is like a very quick trip from Australia. I tried to get him to do a shoey. You know know what a shoey? Drink a drink out of a shoe? Crush your beer out of a shoe? Yeah, those mad Hueys do that a lot. 
It works really fishers. well in a bowling shoe. Yeah. They, oh, yes. I was yeah. trying to do it out of the a sandal. The more public use, the better. Absolutely. Communal clog. Yeah. I feel like a sandal is the right way to go about it because nothing really, you know, ferments kind of, in what, sandal. What kind of sandal do you run that yeah. you can actually a pour A sandal that you into. can bend and then it's like an ice luge, but it's a sandal luge. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Like a flip Oh, okay. You can't okay. carry it, though. Not you're like having a stock there. Wow. Kerr. Maybe yeah, a nice yeah, clog. <laughs> yeah, like a, like one of those. Yeah, burger socks. You can't. You got to. The enclosed clog. Yeah, you close uh, it like a taco, and then you dump this beard on it. I mean, this isn't that hard, you guys. Jesus. On. Yeah. Have you ever even gotten drunk? Yeah, act like you've been. Had a Cowboy beer boot would be my choice to smash booze out. No of wonder he was. I bet that you can beer. hold, hold a lot of liquor. three, four beers in there at least. Can hold a lot in of what? Liquor like a clog? cowboy boot. Oh. Oh, yeah, like yeah. in beer, in what's that uh, beer fest? Beer fest. Oh, what? Beer fest. But, yeah, that's a glass boot. That's das das boot. boot. Yeah, das yeah, boot. but it would. St- so a glass boot and a cowboy boot are different. They're dimensions? not the same. No, I, I bet I you. I bet you'd still have to do I the would, turn. I would <laughs> say there's more the volume <laughs> in an actual cowboy boot because they, the the actual the foot, calf is so high. Too. The foot component is yeah. much bigger than a boot yeah. than a glass boot. Now look who's talking shit. That's fantastic. We do miss Josh. That's the long and the short of that. The next topic on my little page here, Chalmers, which is a Dinosaur. napkin that I found on the ground with a recipe for scones in Little Brick, and I added a couple points to it. <laughs> Poisonous fans. Bag milk, do you want to start us off? Gord Miller. Very on... weak chin. <laughs> oh, bold. bold. Shots fired. Might want to grow a goatee. Fill that thing out. Like uh, little John. <laughs> He's got a very weak chin. He grew a goatee. He's got a fucking Pepsi ad. Anyways, it's, go it's ahead. great. Uh, yesterday, Gordon Miller on Twitter kind of kicked a hornet's nest with Oilers fans when he tweeted, when the Oilers circled back with an offer this week, Ken Holland called friends in the game to get their thoughts. One of them warned him about the poisonous atmosphere around the team. You'll get killed on social media, he warned. I'm not on social media, Holland replied. If you <laughs> offered someone a job, Jay, for $25 million U.S., I assume, yeah. over five years, yeah. and they couldn't handle getting told off on social media, do they deserve to be your GM? No. So any of Ken Holland's friends that go, I don't know, Ken, $25 million's a lot of money, but people on Tumblr will post comments about you. <laughs> Fuck you, We're- weak friends of Ken Holland. Where my beef is, is using the term poisonous and directing it at the wrong place. Well, they said That's it, what I said. And yesterday. it wasn't the fans. They said the atmosphere around the team. Yeah, but. That includes the OEG but, boys. Yeah, that. that He's that, walking that, a fine line means, of calling it everything. That means fans. Fans aren't poisonous. Fans have had to be a witness to this absolute bullshit of for the last 13 years. I Poisonous. Is the organization. I disagree. I think that what he means by poisonous is he's making it very clear to be super vague and say that it's poisonous around the organization. And what he means is like. No, no I'm saying what it should be, what it. poisonous actually means. It's not because that because that all encompassing vague lingo he uses yeah. there implies fans. That's how I took it. It implies fans 1000 percent. Where it needs to be directed at, because it's not the fans. We're entitled to be rattled. It's not fucking poisonous. These guys keep giving us softballs of shit that we can just hit out of the park with, and it's perceived as negativity, but it's actual fact, and it's just real reaction. The poison is in the organization. Yes, I agree. Ken Holland has to go we, with the anti-venom and get it all fucking out of there. Well, city- what I said is he can make friends real fast if he comes in here and cleans house. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Fast. The city of Edmonton yep. has kind of, you know, garnered this uh, 
<laughs> this reputation, in. this reputation the beats about because, to drop. you know, like when we we're being if we're being poisonous right now, if that's what he means and that's what he says is poisonous air, then, you know, Water, and it's and it's, sure uh, it's, and it's and it's finally Absolutely. warranted. The fact is, is it always seems like there's an air of poisonous, you know, effects around this team. And that means, no, even there when wasn't. Good, there was been been a long say, time of no poison. I'm what about in the playoff what? year? There was no poison. There was no around. poison. This the, city was all in on the Oilers. You go 06 back, 07 back. There's been even like when we were Johnny Lunch Bucket, there was no poison around the Oilers. Hold on. Like in the late 90s? Yeah. There was no financial yeah, support for the Oilers. There was there was were small but, market uh, bitches, and every time David Oliver scores ten goals, we're going to lose him for fifty grand to the Rangers. <laughs> that was it. That wasn't poison. No man. We we just we were just small town. I'm yoke, like sick kids. and fucking tired of like, fans being dragged under the bus yeah, by people involved in this. We're team. not the fucking you problem. motherfuckers. Where do you think your enormous paychecks clear? Well, granted, mostly from Kate's. But having said that, the fact anyone's even paying attention right now. Well, and, and to further that point. The fact that the organization is so combative with their fan base is mind blowing to me. It's like in times like this where the, like, and I know Gordon Miller's not involved with the organization, but to suggest, to but he suggest was on CBC Edmonton Sports. He's got a connection. He's got his start here to suggest or imply Chin that Academy. anything to do with the fans are poisonous. We deserve more than one playoff appearance per decade. When all you need to know about the OEG's commitment to the fans of the Oilers was when the poll of NHL players put the Oilers as 30th at the time of the worst cities in the league. And not a single person associated with the Oilers came out and said that's not true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so because I honestly don't know and I can't remember this because I don't try to, um, you're saying that since 06. So, because when I used to listen to like some radio shows in Edmonton, if you listen, it, there would be, there would be. People, I would have to roll my eyes almost every time a caller called in. What if I suggested to you that people who called into social to radio shows to talk about teams <laughs> are always going to be of the same archetype? Yes. So then saying that but that's, that's every saying fan, that's a poisonous, every sport, I thought all that, around the world. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was going in a different direction. So, yeah. So did I. But seriously, I agree with you. Shows. There's going to they're be that gonna small complain. faction. And they're they, always going to complain. Yes, of course. Yes. So yes, Gordon Miller, you, he he shouldn't. He's. I don't think he's making the whole thing seem poisonous. But even if there's that little tiny affection of people that are poisoned, this it's still poisonous. I'll tell you like, one thing: uh, the spider saying, is a little but, bit poisonous. But, but it's still paint poisonous. the right things poison. The fans aren't poisoned. Oh no, man, they're not. There's a lot of pissed off not people. All this fans, is, we get whatever. That. We whatever's get that. being viewed as poisonous is we are fucking entitled to be as upset as we are. So I was looking through my brother-in-law's renewal package that he just got with the Oilers. And I'm looking through the price list of all the sh- all of all the seats and around the arena, mm-hmm. and it's a huge investment for those people to pay that kind of money to do 42 games a year plus preseason or whatever. Yes. And what they slipped in was a flag, a nice little flag, and they say, "Hey, why don't you renew for another year?" And all I could think of was, they should be so much more grateful that these people have invested the kind of money that they work. They could go on vacations. They could upgrade the house. They could anything. That building is full and has been full for a long time, despite the lack of results. And to say, even suggest that the people that watch and pay their money are in any way poisonous is just crazy to me. It's crazy. If you look at the 2016-17 playoff run, nobody said anything about a poisonous environment around the Oilers. This city was all in. You went to the playoff games. We were all at the bar at like, we would clear the office at what? Two o'clock? 
we're down at the bar. The place is packed. Everybody's excited. Everybody's got jerseys. Everybody's got car flags. I think Oilers Nation has done a really good job in, since 11 years ago of not being all that negative. I think we've done a very good job. I'm super confused. You're kind of saying that we what have the all the reasons in the world to be poisonous right now. But, no, 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 but no, we're not. We're not poison. Stop calling the fans no, poisonous. No, you, I'm just simply using the word that he used. Okay, fine. You saying that the fans? I'm right saying now, it's being misdirected. They're viewing the, the the Edmonton as being poisonous and including the fans in it. We're not poisonous. We're just really fucking upset. And, and it's because rightfully so. Imagine getting kicked in the dick for 12 straight years. I can imagine. Mm. Does that feel good? Do you not have a right to be mad and stand up? Yeah. And so if, so if, I'm mad, yeah. if I'm mad because <laughs> like, I've been kicked no. in the dick for 12 straight years and I stand up and I get mad about it and somebody tells me that I'm mad, are they wrong? Poisonous yeah, so, so it's all right, but you're not poisonous. You're totally entitled oh my to be God. mad. So we're using like the actual. No, no, I know, the but it's, it's saying. Of the a word. Poi- no, no, no. But we're saying the, the poisonous term. It should be only applied to the organization. They're saying a poisonous environment. That loops in the fans. The fans aren't the fucking problem. They aren't the poison. It's the organization and all the moves to date and all the bullshit they keep feeding us that's created this atmosphere. So we, We're entitled to be so this So Gordy mad. Miller just made a mistake by using the wrong adjective to... In, to, to um, I think people no, I like think to shit reporting. on Edmonton. Yes, everyone yes. is shitting on Edmonton. I think our reputation, our it's reputation been known to in the be a league, hard place to play for years. I don't understand why you guys all of a sudden think that we don't, we haven't like, we don't deserve some of this reputation as being a hard place to play. Well, because we, we've, we've been talked sold about a bill before. of goods, though. I understand we have a reason to be, but the fact that we are, you know, it doesn't like we have a reason to be upset. Yes, we do. We because we've been sold a bill of goods. You could say it. It's why I haven't enjoyed hockey here for a long, long time. Except the Oak Kings. Then all of a sudden, when, except for the Oak Kings. Love the Oak Kings. Yes. Love the Oak so Kings. then when somebody said, like, wait, wait, and so people spout off and they say stuff on social media and they go and, they, and we run players out of town. We have It's also worth it. noting that so social media it, has rise in, risen entirely during this Oilers fruitless run. So like the whole arc of Twitter and Facebook and everything like that is basically since 07. So when everybody else grew up in the social media era of like, I use Twitter to yell at Bieber. Oilers fans are like, we use Twitter to talk about the Oilers and the Oilers aren't doing well. So I think it amplifies the problem because there aren't a lot of positive Oilers fans in social yes. media because there hasn't So been. my point is we have the right to be upset. Then we get upset. But when somebody says it's a hard place to play or, or calls it poisonous, when they use one simple word to say poisonous, whatever you guys think that means, what it, what it think it means to me is that it's a hard place to work because of the environment around the team. All of a sudden, when we get called that, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't say that about us. We're allowed to be like this. Like, what, I, do, do you understand where I'm coming from? Like, I'm starting to. I, 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 I get what you're saying, but it's still, it's still not accurate. Like, okay. it's, it's, it's. In your it's, mind, you want to be mad. And you want, every, we, but, 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 but you want, but, but the reason why it's we tough find to play a way to be and there's mad a lot of chatter is because all the bullshit that's happened in, in this amount of time. If the Oilers would have made the playoffs four times in the last 13 years, it wouldn't be as poisonous as Gord Miller thinks it is, right? I think or, the, the differentiation is your Chalmers is saying we have a right to be pissed off, and you're saying that doesn't make you poisonous. And Chalmers is saying it is poisonous, but it is poisonous, but it's we justified go, poisonous. But it is justified. Whereas and you're saying it's like own it, but I know, no, I know, but it's own, but like p- poison to me, poisonous. Yeah, if they said Edmonton's a tough 
place to He's play. He's just caught up on the word poisonous. Well, it is because it's pretty aggressive. Pretty it is, man. That's why I John hate Gordon Miller. If someone said you're a cancer, how would you feel about that? I mean, it depends. I've been a cancer before in a lot of places. <laughs> but it's <laughs> been time. But I, been I know time. what you're saying, right? Yes. So, like, but to, to use such a fucking word like poisonous, well, that, yes, that's I, that's a shot on Edmonton and Edmontonians. And here's and the real us yes. into that. Here's the realistic reputation of Oilers fans: we are idiots, and no matter how shitty the team gets, we still all show up like idiots mm-hmm. and cheer. And there are a lot of hardcore fans of other teams that look down their noses at us because the narrative it is everybody in Edmonton is drunk and dumb. And they had Taylor Hall and Jordan Everly who were out there lighting the town on fire and there's no accountability. And everyone up here is a moron. And if the Oilers were playing before a half-filled building, that would make more sense. But because Oilers fans are willing to be gluttons for punishment, we're goofs. That's one narrative. Then there's the other narrative that the media takes both inside Edmonton mystifyingly and nationally, that is that Oilers fans are part of the problem. And it's fucking bullshit. I think so, back to when on Oilers Nation Radio, we we interviewed George LaRock. We asked about fans in Edmonton and if we're too harsh. And he said, in my opinion, based on the results, Oilers fans should be more harsh because they're entitled to. He says, if you think this is bad, play in Montreal. Play I couldn't in, skate backwards, but I get what you're saying. Play in Toronto. Or if you're a Yankees guy, play for the Yankees. This isn't just an Oilers thing, yet we have gotten more shit. 12 out of 13 years, you're watching from the sidelines. I'm hanging out with my buddies, watching the playoffs, being like, man, I wish I was drunk today for a fun reason instead of watching Colorado and San Jose. Yeah, absolutely. I just think that Oilers fans, like you said, Chalmers, have a right to be angry. I don't think that's poisonous. I think that is a reaction to nothing changing. It's the same management group they've had for 13 years. Nothing's changed. They've gone through a million coaches. They've gone through a handful of GMs. They've thrown players under the bus. What? They've called, they've sat in press conferences and said there's a difference between tier one and tier two fans. And we're all just like, what the fuck? I'll buy tickets to the game still. I'll they get should, a garbage can. And just, like, it, it's back to the kick in the dick. Now. It's just repeatedly kicked in the dick. They should be so grateful for the passion that Oilers fans still have because I'm telling you, if this exact same thing was going on in Carolina, they don't even have a team anymore. But here's the reason why they're not grateful because the people who are in charge came into the league all together as kids, started to deliver, over-deliver at a ridiculous rate, and were of the opinion that Oilers fans owe them. Because look at the wonderful, wonderful product they put on the ice from 1980 to 1980, 1990. So that it's like a slum landlord. Slum landlords almost entirely hate their tenants because they think that they're doing them a favor by renting them shit. I was reading this thing, this whole thing here, but <laughs> they're always treated like they treat their fan, they treat their tenants with contempt. They're like, I do not care that my wall is broken. Fuck you. And I think that the Oiler OEG have a mentality of a slum landlord. Like the house is in disarray. The arena itself is very beautiful. But how dare you call us into question? How dare you call me up and tell me that your toilet's backed up? How dare you get mad because the window's broken and the fucking winter comes flying in? Not understanding that if they fix that house up, they'd get better tenants. If Oilers fans, if the Oilers were 15th, in winning percentage for the, since 2007, the midpoint of the league, the atmosphere around this team would be entirely different. If they were just middle of the road successful, 
but they're like a standard deviation below shitty. And at no point has anyone ever come out and been held one degree accountable for this. Nobody. And so for all the hardworking people, we've talked about this at great length, but there's a reason. Read the Brad Sapenko quote. Oh, yeah. That so was interesting. Yeah. So on Twitter this morning, I, this was one of my fun ones today. Where Shout I out his account. Couldn't figure out. Yeah, I will. Yeah, good man. But I couldn't figure out how it all went into, so I didn't comment on it anybody. But our buddy Brad Stepanko, who is at Spank underscore Yeg on Twitter, he wrote, <laughs> uh, should be an interesting nation real life today. With Ken Holland getting hired and the media calling fans poisonous. Fans have every right to be angry at the OEG group that has been horrible for the last 20 years. The lies that the OEG has been feeding would make anyone sick. They stated on the Jason Greger show that would there would be no increase on prices on food and beer than the weekend at the concert, the beer prices go up. It's hard to buy into the Kool-Aid when they keep raising the prices. To which our boy Jason Greger replied, which media person called Oilers fans poisonous? That's true. Gord Miller just said that Ken Holland Circle said it, but yes. Mm-hmm. Chin. Please no, show true. me who did. Are you referring to the Gord Miller tweet? It said a hockey person said that, which either way is idiotic. Oilers losing wasn't due to Oilers or to online outrage. Thank God Gregor was there to sound. Gregor's so good too. Like he, we were talking about engaging with your audience. Nobody does it better. Yeah, he is really good at it. Gregor does it very well. Yeah. So I did like that. Like, I mean, I obviously was, I read that before and I saw the Gordon Miller tweet like two days ago. And then I saw this and because, I mean, guys, just be more like me, man. Just read it and go, huh. Cool. And are then you put stupid? your phone We're down. Oilers Nation, man. If we did that shit, we are, <laughs> okay. we are engaged. So then tweet it's something out. Duty but please, to defend here. We are the ringlead in this shit. As long as people are getting fired up, but not actually getting fired up. Like if you're walking into your house and your kids are like, hey, dad, how you doing? And you're like, God damn it, we hired Ken Holland. And then you yell at them. <laughs> That's just bad news. Don't do that. You let your fingers do the talking. I don't know, man. I don't have kids I talk to. <laughs> Those little fuckers can. Well, they don't know themselves. who Ken Holland is. Well, Anyways, what do we like? So how do we? How do? What are we thinking? Oh, we've yelled. I think that the bringing have, the Oilers think, fans in is a part of the problem of the Oilers. Yeah. Wow! Don't fiddle with your mic stand, Keith Richards. <laughs> we've been mad enough on this show that when they drag Oilers fans as part of the problem here. It's an extra kick to the dick after an all-you-can-eat dick kicking. And so ultimately, I believe that at the very beginning of the show, when you three were looking for the positives right off the bat, you came in here and you wanted to immediately be positive. I understand why. I I'm do. positive going into every year. You, I know you every are. Every year. I, this is the year. You've taught yourself to be positive. You've had to. It's no, as what, what I'm mechanism. setting myself up for is for a giant dick kicking. If I could go back, yeah. would I go into, into every season though, Jay? Every single season smile. of the Nation Network, would you still go, if you could do it again, go in positive? Yes. Yes. What the fuck? The minute that you go, maybe Jesse Belanger isn't the answer, then you're really screwed. <laughs> well, and just being constantly Eric negative Blush. is always a bad look. Eric Blush, Jesse Blush. See, but I know, that's the thing is, I'm, I'm not negative. But when I saw <laughs> this, this hiring, I just was like, just kind of disappointed, to be honest with you. I was, yeah. I was hoping, I was hoping for that exciting change. Like when I wake up on the Monday morning and I'm like, "This is going to be the week I, I, I get healthy again, and I'm going to get back yeah. on the elliptical, and then I make a protein shake, and I get to work, and then I eat McDonald's for lunch." It's disappointing. Mm-hmm. You just, wanna, I was expecting a lot delicious. more out of this. Yeah. And then I went and got McDonald's again, like an asshole. <laughs> and so, like, you're eating asshole. your feelings. Charles. I'm eating my feelings. Your feelings about Ken Holland? Yeah. 
I'm I get I, I'm saying you know what? Come on, Ken. Welcome to Edmonton. You might suit it here. Bagno wow. thoughts. Just like <laughs> what's going to happen with our friends at Indochino. The way it works is you head on down to Indochino. You get measured up just like Jay did this morning. Yeah, I'm going to fucking stop. I'm going to tell you how this rolls. Go ahead. I'm going to intervene. Sorry, Indochino. Hopefully a personal testimonial stop fucking is with your what mic stands, after. everybody. What the hell? Well, I'm very fidgety. That's why we've got to video record this thing. Everyone see me flip-flopping around on my chair. As Bag Milk said about Indochino, <laughs> I had the honor of going in today to get sized up. And I'll tell you about the experience because it's, it's still fresh. It's Where'd too- you go? It's two hours old. Went to West Edmonton Mall. Go ahead. Me and uh, Chris. The intern. And Jared. Not me. Yeah, not, not, the, not this Chris. Chris. Yeah, Nation Chris. You're the other Nation We went Chris. and met with two nice guys. They watched us through the whole process. So you get 14 different measurements. And they're walking. So there's like, uh, and, and there's going to be a video about this, but I'm proud about some of my measurements versus Chris. Biceps, 15 and a half inches. Chris is 14. Oh, baby, I'm nine Chris. inches smaller than Doesn't you After all those push-ups, I still got them. Very proud of that. Anyways, it was an unreal experience. I actually felt like I was like on Saville Road in 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 London, getting a bespoke suit. Even though it is a bespoke suit, but it just it felt I felt like such a boss, such a baller. Getting did like, they really everything. cup your inseam good and tight? Oh, I like a good inseam. There was so like much crotch talk going on in terms because like, is it too tight? Is this like they yeah. t- they actually put a lot of emphasis on the crotch, which yes. I, I felt respected because yes. as a guy who has blown out the ass of many pants, I felt like it was a very important subject to have. So. We got a proper crotch length in here. I just yeah. blow out crotch. As a man who gets a lot of NRBs for no reason, Chalmers, you'll know. That. <laughs> oh, I got to have a lot of give in the front. Never know when and you're going to yeah. be riding in a bumpy car. <laughs> but like I said, we were in and out in like an hour. But like it felt, honestly, I, I, I felt like I was James Bond. Like I just, it just, it felt super cool. It was a very cool experience to go and get sides. And then you get to go pick the fabrics that you get. You get to pick what goes on the inside. Obviously, I went very peacock, very What'd you get on the inside? I got a poppy purple with blue polka dots. That's what I'm talking about. That's what and I'm then talking I, about. I even got, oh, I even got it monogrammed on the inside. Oh, yeah. You know what I said? Certified pimp. Peter Chirelli nope. forever. Hope will never die. Really? Yes. Wow. So that'll be in the video that Jared releases. But as a testimonial, I'm telling you, the suit was, the, the price of the suit was 500 bucks, which in the suit game, like, I don't know, I, I, suits are like $1,500. So like the value is insane. You go and have like a high level VIP experience. At least I, I, I felt like it was. These guys know what they're doing. I really feel like the thing I'm gonna, the, the suit I'm gonna get is actually gonna fit me like a glove because we took so many goddamn measurements and then all the customizations you can do with it. It's really they've gamified getting a suit. I think my favorite thing that Chris was telling me about before we started recording was how you can. You had like a character limit of some kind of inscription you could put on the inside. Yeah, the monogram. That's super dope. What'd you put? Hope will never die. Have to. It's good. Yeah, fuck, where were you yeah. 40 seconds ago? <laughs> Hope will just get kicked enough. It'll just get kicked in the dick a bunch, but it won't die. Eh, yeah. Never, buddy. It'll never, never die. Never. never. I'm, I'm, I'm opening myself never. up. I got the reinforced crotch on this suit, so I can't. So I am I'm ready for another dick kicking. Mm-hmm. I can absorb another. Hopefully not needed, but I'm prepared. Where where does a blogger that works for Nailers Nation exactly wear a suit most of the time? Wow. Every day at the office. <laughs> you better Every watch day. your fucking I've Every gone, day. I've gone up there and it's pajama pants and shorts. Just wait and see. My next, but what, what, my, so my suit's the three weeks away. It's going to get shipped there. right to my house. And then I'm going to put it on. It's going to fit like a glove. And then I'm going to go do a don't air review in it. <laughs> 
So what you do, you head to Indochino.com, you choose your style, you customize your suit as Jay did, you get measured up, and they are going to ship that baby to you. Free shipping in North America on orders over $150. Head on over to Indochino.com, click on the How It Works tab, get everything you need to beautify your wardrobe. Yeah, do it. If you need a suit, do I've it. I've heard it the fabric so is really cool. easy to clean too, and that's good because if you go do a donair review in it, you will probably spill on yourself. I I've like the challenge of not having to spill to avoid spilling on myself. That's you usually have I to do, do the legs wide open with the donair oh, yeah, way yeah, out. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Just, the head way out. Oh, yeah. It's bad for the back, but it's good. What do you think? Well, you know what? I really don't You want to go me and you for talk. an Indochino suit? No, no. If I'm the kind of guy, if I wear a suit, someone I looks at me and goes, say no. what happened? Did somebody die close to you? Like, I'm not of the fancy variety of persons who can wear, just wear a suit around all willy-nilly. Oh, me neither. Well, I'm worry. wedding ready. So anyone who's getting married out in the nation, invite me. I can come now. I can suit up. I can finally look the part. If I'm anyone coming. asks you to their wedding, that would be heartwarming. Please. I hope somebody invites you to the wedding. That's open. I will. If if you would like me to come to your wedding this summer, invite me. Open you, bar, open invite. <laughs> Toonie bar. I don't care. What, you go as high as Toonie? Would you go Toonie? Are you going to go if it's full price drinks? Full bar? Oh, fuck. I had a cousin who got married at a, uh, a hotel and we walk into the bar thinking it was a Toonie bar and I order a rum and they're like, eight bucks, please. I was oh. like, okay. Liquor store across the street up <laughs> yeah. in the hotel room. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's a principal thing. Like, I don't mind paying eight bucks a drink when I'm at a party. Like, if I'm at a good you know, a party that has $8 drinks. But if it's a wedding... You can't do can't. free, though, because what happens is people... Get them and then Peru leave them around. from Tofield is like, money ain't a thing. And they'll have like one sip of a drink and leave it. At minimum, you got to ask for a Toon Dog so people remember where they put them. Toon Dog's fine. That's and kind of cool. I leave Toonies the fine. drinks Toonies around. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. And you get the bottle of wine, you cruise the tables later, you grab the fresh ones, free wine. <laughs> Come on. Oh, yeah. You'll be ready, uh, wine stealing ready in that fresh suit of yours. Mm-hmm. And then you yell out the odds you think they'll last about midnight. <laughs> I give this wedding 50% chance it last five years. And then you face down in the cake and they call it a wedding. That's what happens when there's no Toonie Bar Chalmers. I can't wait till you guys do that at your weddings. To each other? <laughs> I don't know. I don't care who you marry at this point. Just need a need a stag. Well, there <laughs> need you a go. stag in a wedding. I need two of them. I'm going to a wedding next week. Now, it's on a beach, so I don't need the suit, so that's good. Who's getting married in a beach? Cheese. What beach? Cancun. Respect. Oh, I think you do the top half and then the, like, flowery shorts on the bottom. I'm going... Oh, yeah. I don't... Yeah. I don't... I'm I'm, I'm born for this. Like, I'm... I, I this is where I'm I'm a Viking is I've got Tommy Bahama beach baggy wear up the wazoo. I'm ready for this. So do you go like plaid pants, plaid cap knowing you plaid capris with a white shirt? Well, I'm going shorts. I'm going to go pink pastel shorts. Okay, good. Cuz yeah. you can't go the you can't do like the white shirt and the beige and the khaki pants or anything because like it's a risk that the groomsmen will all be wearing that kind of a uh, a thing because that's kind of a go to. I'll tell you about, and this might lead to our embarrassing story about wearing beige pants in a hot climate. When we were in Dubai. I was wearing rather tight khakis, <laughs> and it was about forty eight degrees. And out and decided to go to this uh, this souk, which is an outdoor market, and proceeded to start with a light beige pair of beige pants and ended the shopping trip. In fully dark brown pair of pants because I sweated and soaked it like literally not <laughs> one dry piece of pant. But uh, people from a hot soaked. climate never judge people for being sweaty in heat. You know, oh, it's acceptable. It's acceptable. Yeah. It's people from cold climates that get vulnerable about being sweaty. I know. 
Yeah, no one was I making fun of me. I will never wear a gray t-shirt. You wouldn't have known if they were. Fair enough. You well, that's that? true, but there could have been some pointing. Oh, that would have been rude. <laughs> yeah, sorry I got distracted. Uh, Frank just killed a bird. Oh, good. Yeah. How do you know? My sister texted me. Oh. She was holding a bunch of feathers that were Did in Frank's you boggle mouth. your interview? Like, uh, Did he eat it? Uh, I don't know. He might have just fucked it up. Buried it somewhere. How did he catch it? He doesn't, Frank's he doesn't, got his first kill. He doesn't look super spry. No, Is he? Oh, he's spry as yeah, fuck. He's, yeah, he's quick. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and he can jump probably six feet in the air. Holy Those Boston shit. Terriers are agile. Fierce little boys. I wouldn't know. Let's talk about our listener question because this was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So segue from the pants and the embarrassing story into this. So, into embarrassing stories. So when Beg, yeah. when Beg Milk was asking me earlier if I liked the interaction on Twitter, the very first one, I think, after I had asked for some interaction, the very first one was some really funny photoshops from um, at McTuft. One. At McTuft one. Let me find do not remember, I'm still do super not bad mistake at, this. at McTuft with at McTuft one. They are two entirely different people. Okay. So we at, only like number one. At McTuft one photoshopped some fantastic pictures. One of me on a blonde lady's body saying that this is what I look like as ultimate chalmers. <laughs> Which is yeah, ultimate charm? I love that name. Well, ultimate charm is because somebody was asking me why I have two accounts, and I was like, I don't know. When's a burner? I, of course, I don't know how to like merge them. And he goes, Oh, when you finally do, he said half of you is good enough for now, but when you merge them, you will be ultimate charmers. And then he told me how to do it. So when I did it, it was kind of a paying an homage to him for helping me call myself ultimate charmers. Plus, it's a sick name, so whatever. Um, but yeah, McTuft gave me about four or five photoshops that were just fantastic. But then. She decided to ask us some questions, didn't she? Well, as I said, you should ask us some questions. Oh, you want me to actually read them? <laughs> yeah. See, this is where I should not be the one that has to go it's find Okay, you're now. learning on the fly, man. Okay, so, but there's a lot of scrolling. Like, like a brain surgeon in their first brain surgery. What, what question she had asked? Yeah. Like one a, question. Two questions. Well, it's two questions. I only posted it in our group chat, so it's pretty easy to grab. Or, yeah, sometimes you got to go off Guys, Twitter. Guys, I'm not good at this. It's okay. okay. Just you're so learning. you know. The so, first question that McTuff one wanted to hit us with mm-hmm. was... For some strange reason, she wants us all to share our most embarrassing story. Yes. And if no Chalmers problem. doesn't have one, I think it's his knowledge of Twitter. Yeah. Well, that's embarrassing. I have a bunch of little tiny embarrassing moments. Like, pretty much, I, if I go to a party and I wake up on a Sunday morning, like, I had an embarrassing moment. I've been to and some I, of those parties. And I wake up in the morning and I go, oh, God, what did I say to that person? But you're I, great because your self-confidence gets you through life because it's so high that anybody who has problems with you is their problem. <laughs> I respect that. I like that. Yeah, milk, yeah. Embarrassing story? Normal person? I got a couple. I guess now that I'm thinking about it on the fly. Uh, the first one at my old job, I shit my pants at work. Oh, that was embarrassing. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to, there. To what situation? Uh, Jelly I, I, eating contest? Honestly, I just thought I was sneaking a fart out. It was not a fart. It was a full It was a full load. <laughs> oh, dear. And all of a sudden, you got to get up and you do the squelch. And then I'm like, I get to the bathroom. The squelch? I, yeah, you like squeeze your ass cheeks together. That's to what make, that's called? I don't know. I just... That's what it's a medical I term. I it's mean, a medical term. I, okay. it, it's a Hold word. It, 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 I think it accurately, accurately describes. If it. you're not talking about pooping your pants, I don't want to hear a word. Mike, a word. Mike, Mike, Mike. 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 If you're not poop, if you're not poop, if you're not talking about pooping, if you're not talking about pooping your pants, I don't want to hear it. Bag milk. So I get up from my desk and I'm kind of waddling over to the bathroom, and then I look at my, I look at the clock that's in there, and I still got six hours in my shift. This was early in the morning. This was like coffee. Tried to fart. You've shit yourself. Wow. And now you've got six hours to go until you're allowed to go home and take care of this properly. <laughs> so I had the idea of that. I'm just in the bathroom and what am I going to do? So I like wet a bunch of paper towel in the, in, the, in the sink. I went into one of the stalls 
tried to take care of as much as I could. I wrapped the dirty underwear in a lot of paper towel, chucked those out. Oh, got to get rid of those. Yeah. Got to get rid of those. And they were, uh, another embarrassing part of the story is they were bright green glow in the dark alien boxers. Sure. So if anybody happened to just kind of peek into the garbage can. Oh, it was an unlidded garbage. You would see, you know, there's unlidded. It was just like a big, okay. Yeah. Big, Oh, yeah, you got to bury they that. They only change the yeah. bag once a year. So, like, if anybody looked in there, you would just see a glowing beacon of shitty but hope. But they wouldn't know they were yours. How would they know they were yours? I don't well, know. They I also just, were custom. Oh, uh, you're pretty paranoid milk. at this yeah, point. Yeah, they were just, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've been in the bathroom for about half an hour at this point. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're just trying to clean it up. And then when I got back to my desk, my manager at the time, she was just like, you were gone for a while. Are you okay? And I was just like, I'm not going to tell you what happened. I'm not okay. So commando there. <laughs> yeah, so I was commando in jeans, which I don't like because of the friction. Not a fan. No. I was really upset about it. The other one that comes to mind is when I was in... This was probably high school and I got way too drunk. I was drinking R&R. I can't drink R&R. Ooh, it's yeah. bad news. Mm. I just wanted the sticker, man. You got to put that shits on your wallet Somewhere. in high school. And then I passed out on a toilet and I had to have my, like, my best buddy had to like sort me out after taking shit at a party, mm. at a house party. So I passed out. Uh, common theme What there. a hero. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, McTuft. I got a problem. Hey, McTuff, I can't imagine he, he did like a bang up. I can't believe like he Tough did like one. the best job possible, but it was passable job, I'm sure. Yeah. No. And you know what? What I learned that day? He's a good friend. a great friend. <laughs> then would he take <laughs> yeah, you around yeah. the party weekend at Bernie's in you? Kind of. A little bit. So he He's got me fine. sorted out and he got me redressed. Uh, thank Christ there was no such thing as camera phones back when I was in high school. Uh, that would be bad news. And then he got me, uh, he just put me down and I woke up in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, where am I? And he's just like, you have no idea where you are. I'm like, no. He's like, I got a story to tell you, but we need to He's go. like, you owe me one. I cleaned your butt. And yeah. for all you know, he was lying. He made it just made up. A, Probably like, not good. Did you ever pay him back? Probably just a cursory job. Did you ever just wipe his butt for no reason? Not <laughs> to that extreme, but yeah, we. I've been uh, repaying that debt for probably 20 years now. Oh, very just nice. wipe his butt for no reason? You're like, hey, is it? Is it <laughs> hey, man, you all like, right? Just go like, to the bathroom. You need like, any help? Remember that time you helped yeah, me at that party? Exactly. Yeah. Is it time? Yeah. Time <laughs> for a little <laughs> credit check in your old back half? And he does like, <laughs> my son, does like my son does, where he just lays the, lays the head right down in between the legs, like bends right over and... He, yeah. The third time well, I can think of is I passed weird. out nude in Asia on my bed. A bunch of my buddies Three came Three of them. They oh, took geez. in, they took a bunch of pictures and they've got those kind of like in an album somewhere. So mm. they're like, they were like posing me as I was passed out and naked. <laughs> so I'm like, draw me like one of your French girls poses from, <sighs> there's a whole thing. Eyes shut tenderly. Sleeping, yeah. Dreaming. Dead to the world. Those Thai buckets will get you, Chalmers. Oh, yeah. wow. wow. Yeah, they are yeah, they deadly. Are. Deadly. <laughs> deadly, deadly, deadly. Jay, embarrassing moments? Anything yeah, mine, uh, so on the topic of going to Cancun uh, next week, mine is Cancun related. Uh, so you can do this like catamaran cruise and go to, I believe it's called Isla Mujeres or whatever. Isla, Island of Isla, Women. Isla, Isla Mujeres. Isla Mujeres, yeah. yeah. So the, the pre-story to this is we went to this resort that's, very engaging for we'll say singles and there's a lot of fun games you play and then there's this host named chinos and chinos like because he runs the show he's everyone's hero and he had these shorts uh that were branded from the resort and they're they were towel shorts but it was like a it was like a skirt i remember these yeah, yeah they're, so, like, they're like booty shorts they're, they're like, like booty shorts but it's like a skirt because there's no leg holes right so 
you know, we're on a you know big guys trip. We're having some fun, so we go on this cruise. And I, I before the cruise, I buy these shorts because I you know want to be that guy. You're you know? Chino too. I'm Chino too. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be the Chino of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just, you know, program everything. We're going to have a blast. So whatever. Rum punch. Oh, just rum punch. Rum punch o'clock for like four hours. Go over to the island. Island's great. Uh, Get back on the boat. uh, Make our way back. And they stop kind of halfway between the island and Cancun. And the reason why they do that uh, is they they have this parasail swing. So they uh they let people go on it so it's like a parasail so it's this big sail and it takes you up in the air and you get like 40 50 feet up off the the water and the crazies will jump off or whatever and you know everyone takes their turn so i go on it so i decided i decided to stand on it and um that nobody had done it and of course you had to take it to the next level i had to take the next level. no yeah. everyone's been sitting i come yeah. in standing so i'm gonna try to you know iron you know uh Gym, gymnastic like ring like style, like they were doing like, in Coco Bongo the in the, in the yeah, do like the I'm yeah. trying, I'm trying to pull some maneuvers here to uh to you know to really be a good chino here. So we Plus, get we get swinging up. I'm standing on it. I'm doing like leg movements. Well, these uh these towel shorts I got, like I said, they're like a skirt, and uh yeah, you could see up it, but I was far enough away, so that's not what it is if you're thinking. But they're done up by Velcro. And I, I guess I did an aggressive leg maneuver of some variety, and the uh, Velcro gave way. So I'm standing on a swing, 50 feet up off the water, buck naked in front of like 60 people. Yeah, and, we, and, and we're 12 you know, of This them. was not in the time of camera phones, but everyone had their phone, and, and their phones, or not, everyone had their cameras, and they could take video. So the boys, being the boys, quickly got a video of this. So I've already embarrassed myself among 60 people on the boat. Well, what we do after the trip is we we put together all of the photos. and then Basically have, original Instagram, if you think yeah, about so it. Yeah, so we put together all of the photos and have a DVD release party yeah, of the that, trip where wicked. everyone dresses up like they're in Mexico. So that was we awesome. have a house party. Yeah. We watch a, a two-hour like video of, of, of our trip. This obviously is the the uh, the conclusion to it. So yeah, that I don't think on. you expected some girlfriends to be at that viewing party that either. But when you and you, there was that video and you put your Lego like a gymnast. Oh yeah, oh it was disgusting. Yeah, it was. So <laughs> it's I, I, not and it's, embarrassing though because having no, known you, and that's for, but I'm okay, embarrassed. So, so and I watch it, not, I'm like, though. what the so hell? I was going to say that because you always get naked and not to TMI, but that if you're day. packing heat as you are, every time a girl accidentally <laughs> sees your dick, it's like she sees a business card that says uh, "ready to do it." Ever since that <laughs> day, I've noticed over eighteen. I've noticed you straight up felony. Yeah, I've noticed you do that a lot more you kick your shirts off at a lot more vacations that we've been on in the you past, like being nude you do there was a, there was a phase. thing now phase but that like was what, an your accident. adult life oh that would have been well, now I'm embarrassed because i've opened myself up to this abuse wow so that's my second story <laughs> my embarrassing story was that the last week of grade eight i just told this story the other day and it made me embarrassed telling it so i'll tell it again last week of grade eight i was going around being like, what are we? They, what can they do to us if we're really bad on the last day of school? Because they're not going to punish us the first day of grade nine. This is my grade eight brain. So like the last day of grade, I like pushed a kid and like punched another kid and left class early and did all this bad shit. Went on a grade eight reign of terror as you do. And the vice principal called me in the office and goes, "Well, you're just causing all sorts of trouble." Like I went to the dr- I went to the music room and hit the bass drum and ran out. Oh, right? rebel time! You know what I'm saying? Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. 
And he goes, I heard that you're saying there's nothing we can do because it's the last day of school. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you're suspended the first day of school. And I went, huh. Maybe there's something they can that do. Makes sense. So the whole summer, I'm vulnerable now because I'm scared because I'm like not telling my parents I got suspended and I got to keep this shit on the DL for three long months. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there's no way they're going to suspend me the first day of school. This is so stressful, blah, 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 blah. In my junior high school, the grade nines were in the basement. So the whole school, junior high was in the basement, actually. So we're, we're going in, the whole thing, we're filing in. And I'm like, I'm in grade nine. I'm going to lead the school down the stairs where all the teachers are lined up to show them I'm not scared of getting suspended in the first day of school because I've been psyching myself up all summer, you know, like a kamikaze pilot. <laughs> I slip and fall and fall head first, like, like Superman <laughs> down the stairs and land at the feet of the faculty. And they all start laughing at me. So like every single <laughs> teacher in the school was laughing at me. And the principal looks and goes, you're still suspended. I just lay there like that's as most helpless I've ever felt in my entire life, child or adult. It was very embarrassing. Were you hurt? Oh, my pride. Concrete stairs. Talking about it 90 years later. That was an embarrassing story, McTuft one. Sorry, McTuft one. Sorry, I don't have one. That was a good one, though. God, I thought we gave you we gave you nothing but inspiration. Why don't you guys tell an embarrassing story of me? No, no, no. Back in the day. Chalmers, you never have embarrassing stories because you're that guy. You're strong. If something fucks up and it happens to you and you fuck up, you make it somebody else's fault. And then they have an embarrassing story an embarrassing when they crossed story. you and lost. And, and I have a short memory, too. I got yeah. to admit, gold, I don't remember ben. shit You're like in the that. pocket. You don't get vulnerable how, about day-to-day shit. How about instead I tell a vulnerability of mine that has come to light recently that I cannot be in like confined spaces to the point where it's like really intense these days. Like I if on a, like a seven-seater, uh, I can't get in the very back seat anymore. I just could not. The minute that's like a seat, van, no, like in like a like you know, in like an SUV. <laughs> oh, how yeah. you, they would you fold up the middle seats and then you get in the very <laughs> back and then the seats fold down and a bunch of people get in. So now there's like no way out. <laughs> I cannot do that. That's pretty embarrassing. Like the No Doubt album. It's kind of fucked. Like I can't no be in the middle. Out? I cannot be in the middle. If I'm in the middle or the window seat in an airplane and the person I don't know the person that's on the aisle and they put down the um, the tray. I immediately get anxiety, like severely. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. So I pay for seats. I pay. For, I paid to like choose my seats. Rent out all because the seats it's like you. worth every penny to me because like I need to be on the aisle. So, I mean, that's embarrassing. It's that's embarrassing, embarrassing to be that weak at one. You've thing. never been embarrassed because you're the Teflon Don. It's all yeah. good, man. Own it. I do really. I I have a, a, a ability to be able to spin things. We've been out partying. <laughs> yeah. We've been at houses hundreds and hundreds of times. Where you're the last most rash guy to go to bed. Yep. You're like throwing things around in the kitchen at 4.30 in the morning. And then you're the first guy up. Oh, yeah. And you will like walk around the house and mean mug every single person into being like, Chalmers was fine last night. I don't think he had anything wrong with him at all. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I have reestablished dominance. Let's go day two. I've really like, and I still am the last person to bed every time, but I've really like put my efforts into like the cleanup now because I've realized that like people like that. So you're drunk as fuck. Last guy to go to bed, but you clean up. Yeah. So That's like, nice. it's really easy. I put headphones on. I kind of put on some good tunes and I'm hammered. So I'm dancing the whole time I'm doing this. It's like sliding, you know, smooth, not like dancing. Electric like, slide. Yeah. Just sliding around, sure. making every trip, you know, a little fun, a little more. Actually, movie, you, yeah. uh, you think you're doing these no, things. I'd like I know. to actually see what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> I'll get, I'll film myself next time. It's pretty smooth. Oh, we still got one more question. You can't be turning on no theme song. Origin story of the nation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> McTuft one got two questions. No, we're not hurrying the origin story of the nation. Do you, you want to do a quick time? building? Hey, like Ryan Smith. Time? Do you want to tell it started. 
Uh, oh, no, let's bang no, it out. Let's bang do it because this is because because we want to talk to someone else next week. True. I won't interrupt. The origin story of the nation. As you remember it, Bag Milk, do you want to tell it? And then Jay and I will back up. I actually came in around 2008. You're like five months in. Yeah. Tops. Yeah. I came in. I remember finding it. I remember the Perez Hilton type photo uh, MS paint pictures. I remember thinking this was a different way to cover the sport. Uh, I wish, you know what I wish? I wish I could remember what my original username was before bag milk. Mm. Cause bag oh, milk wasn't, that a th- wasn't the original. No bag milk wasn't a thing when I first found the, found it. So I would actually be curious to hear it. I'd like to hear it. I was a fan for two years, probably before I did anything with the nation of any kind. Um, so yeah, I'd like to hear it. I remember getting Venture 2.0 magazine, which is like a really good business magazine that didn't last very long, unfortunately. But and it was saying you can buy websites. And I was like, you can. And I had no idea how these things were issued at the time. I assumed the government was involved. And I remember saying to Jay, like, man, look at this article about this guy who makes little websites and makes money off these things. This is crazy. We should do one of these about the Oilers. We should make a website about the Oilers. And being like, huh, that's really interesting. And then Smitty got dealt. And we were pissed. And I remember having a basement meeting in my parents' house with Jay and being like, you know what, man? Now's as good a time as any. If we ever wanted to try making a website and just see how this shit all comes together, we should make one about Smitty getting dealt. And so we did pre-social media. So at the time, where where were you guys at in your life? What were you doing? Well, so Blue Chicago had shot 13 months earlier when... BringRyanHome.com launched. So I was doing a whole lot of nothing. Golfing. Watching Oilers hockey. Being a shit. I was at the bank. Thinking about your real estate game. Didn't have anything at that point. You guys were in in the rental? Not yet. Not yet? No, I was still at my parents' house. Oh. I was like, I want to reinvent myself. I really want to be technology guy. I was like 26 or whatever. You do these things. You do it at any age. And then going and getting a buddy to slap together Bring Ryan Home. And then I remember starting it and bringing it up and being like, holy shit. The internet is doing what we say. What do you remember, Jay? Yeah, I remember uh, Yeah, just going to... Was it Anthony? Yeah. Yeah. Just having you kind of bark orders at what you want the site to look like. And then all of a sudden it launched. And then, you know, we came with the idea of putting the missing... Uh, Smitty milk carton ad t-shirts getting those made and then we got those also uh, made in terms of like little posters and we got a store in Edmonton to sell the shirts for us bang Kingsway. on Kingsway I don't yeah. know if that's still there or not and then we went around White Ave one night with glue sticks and just putting these missing Ryan Smith missing posters all over White Ave bars wearing matching shirts wearing, ma- wearing the matching shirt we'd put it on the mirrors bounce and be like hey we know you did this I'm like how the fuck do you know it was me? <laughs> well, look at your shirt, you idiot. And I'm like, oh. So we got kicked trying out to play of Golden Tea at Buckingham. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was before whatever it was Buildings. then. Yeah. No, well, yeah, yeah, something. Must have been. Yeah. Uh, so we got kicked out of like 13 bars. And then all of a sudden, like, we saw like, like, in, like just thousands and thousands of people signing the petition to the point where we went to a game that night or the next night in the shirts and. Behind us, there was a couple from... It was Tampa was playing. A couple from Tampa was in town to come watch the game. 
And they're like, hey, I saw that site with that shirt. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you we're did? Like, we're like, Fuck you. We're like, punch. what the hell is going on here? Is like yeah. the internet real? Because we're seeing like people signing. But we're like, yeah, like, are these, is this a reality? And like in three weeks, we had like 30,000 people come and visit the site. And it was kind of like the kick in the ass to actually build this site that we wanted to build. And like, I guess that would have been seven months later, eight months later. Or there's nation.com launched in like mid to late November of 2007. We started working on it like July, Chalmers. And I was like, don't you worry, Jay. I will have this fucking site up and running for the start of the hockey season. Staffed with a crack team of writers, each with a sharper pencil than the last. Launched November 23rd. Not bad. Of the 21 Oilers blogs that existed at the time, I emailed every single one being like, hey, you work for free writing about stuff. We'll pay you to come write for us and you can still write on your site. Not a single one even took the time to tell us to fuck off. Then none of them got back to you. None. And I remember Jay talking to you and being like, I've got bad news regarding the Oilers website, specifically the writers. Not a single person will get back to us. And then you were like, well, now what the fuck are we going to do, mister? We're going to make an Oilers website. And I was like, well, I guess, guess I'll write then. Every day for a year, you better write, came the reply. And I remember that when we were living in uh, Bellmead, when that started, I remember like Boxing Day, being like, well, what the fuck am I going to write? And you were like, well, you could write about World Juniors. I'm like, oh, World Juniors. Shit, I don't know anything about World Juniors. And like watching in the TV room and then running around the corner down that weird little living room at the back yeah. and then like writing about World Juniors and running back, like no mobile phones, no social media. In those days, blogging was how you got the word out. I remember launching it with Rosenhart. Yeah. Bingo and, Fuel. Yeah, Bingo Fuel, who's gone, done very well for himself. And we were working on another startup at the same time because we we're doing two startups at once. And we were at we had rented like an automotive garage's office for our startup. And it stank like it was cold and it smelled like oil and shit. And me and him writing with like prison, like line, 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 line as to how many people had come that day and looking at the sheet being like, holy shit. Really? Yeah, man. It was awesome. I remember going to Josh's poker tournament yeah. with the cards. Remember we'd printed oh, those yeah. cards yeah, yeah. that said the nation has risen, the most powerful nation on mm-hmm. earth has risen. Mm-hmm. And I remember giving one to Josh and Josh was like, so this is a real thing, hey? And I felt so good. I'm like, it is a real thing. Here's and then inevitably card. we're all like, how are you going to make money at this? And you're like, I don't no, know. No, yet. no, no. Because we talked about it. We yeah. said. We like, had a title sponsor before we even yeah, launched. Hudson's was a title sponsor before we launched. And I remember going and having meetings. I think I could probably still find our original sales package. And like the CPM rate we wanted to charge was like $150. Oh, yeah, like, like, yeah. No problem. Like if we know CPM cost per thousand impressions. What does so that if mean? You, if you give me, uh, if you have a $5 CPM, you give me $5. I'll show you're at a thousand times on the website. Whoa. But at that, those days, I didn't know. Good value, eh? Good value. Well, 175 was our original CPM. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, not so great but anymore. I also remember thinking if we can get 30,000 people a month to come to this site, we're set. Yep. And then I also remember buying all the other domain nation domains. And that's when we were living in the condo and you were asleep. It was like four in the morning. And I came booting through your door. I was like, I just had a great idea. I'll get all the other team domains. And one day there'll be a bunch of these things. And you were like, get out of my room. <laughs> and I shut the door and went back. to Where were you buying the domains from at that point? GoDaddy. Oh, you so it was they were all available. Yeah. And that so original did you buy art- all the teams at that at that yeah, moment? 17 as, of them. as many as we what, could. What, yeah. What, what what when was that? How long ago? 2007. Oh. Cuz in this article it said this original article in Venture 2.0 or Business 
business 2.0. It said like, you can buy domain names and start your own websites. And this guy did it. And I was like, what the fuck is next? Hamburgers that eat people. No. So there you are. That's the, uh, that's the original origin story of the nation. McCuffed one. Yeah. And one other thing though, uh, to bring up that to, and it was also a fun thing, especially in the first year, creating the illusion of traffic and having you myself and bingo fuel rush home every night for game nights and live blog or, or comment off the game day article under like nine different aliases each to create the illusion of a community. So when someone real came, they thought they were coming to a busy site. So, the so here's where I want to jump. The person in. I can recall ever, ever writing on that site was Bagley. That's what I was going to say. I, here's where I want to jump in because I remember finding it and I remember the game day articles and I was being like, holy shit, there's 200 comments in here. <laughs> so or was there? <laughs> about probably about a year ago, I went back in our system and to try to find my first ever comment on the nation. I couldn't find it. But what I did find was what I now know are a bunch of your alter egos. 1101101, Tracy, Tony Romo. Uh, Like, no, don't think that's me because I don't like football. There was so many. You were talking to just these two? I was talking to different versions of them. (laughs) And I would tell my buddies about it. I'd be like, man, there's this other site and there's people going in. And then we, it (laughs) turned into a crew of probably like six, eight people that were always there. Turned into, they called it the Justice League that we'd made photoshops in like 2008, 2009 before that was like a big thing. So I remember remember being like, come get involved, help us do stuff. And you were like, do what? I'm like, I don't know. We don't know what we're doing either. Just fucking yell. Yeah. So I said, Cowboy was a Justice League member. Yeah. Travis Dakin. Travis Dakin was a MVP Parker Knox. Yeah. So there was a bunch of those guys that are still around now. All of them are still around. And I remember being so excited when I got to do a weekly column. I did this thing called the Righteous Sack Beating, yes. which was just like a rant about <laughs> what pissed me those. off. Oh. And it was just like an incoherent three-paragraph rant about what I didn't like. And then I was so pumped to like see that up on the site in 2008, 2009. Rosenhart ba- at Bag- or Bingo Field was really good because he'd worked for the Gateway, the U of A newspaper. And the Gateway in those days, I don't anymore i don't even know but like it was really sassy right and like remember covered in oil do you remember that blog back in the day covered in oil they were like gateway guys that had gone on and made their own blog and it was super sassy and they had cartoons and shit i was like damn this is righteous i just liked that it was different because i had no interest in newspaper the way the newspapers covered it but if you have a picture of craig mctavish and he's got weird writing coming out of his mouth that was clearly made in ms paint and it made me laugh so back those MS Paint stories, people still remember. It's hilarious. People still be like, how come we don't do any more MS Paint? I worked at Atco. Yeah. I probably shouldn't tell a story, but that's all right. Keep this one in. And I was like, <laughs> didn't have any internet access. And so I would go to work and I would write my articles in Word and be done waiting to go home and then publish them. And I'd be bored as fuck. And I was like, well, now what am I going to do? So I would take like an inordinate amount of time and draw MS Paint pictures. Because I couldn't get online and he didn't have a smartphone. So I was like, how can I work on this website secretly whilst on the corporate dollar? And I remember one day making a photo of me and Mac T and I was a transformer and Mac T had wings and we were walking up the yellow brick road to the new arena and we were holding hands. And there was it took me like two days (laughs) to get that thing done. And I would run home and post it and be like, and now it belongs to the ages. And all of our content came out the end of the workday for the first year because I couldn't post at work. I remember just like filling up my day with G chat, talking to Wanye. Yeah. Just G chat. Countless 
countless hours of wasted company time talking about the Oilers <laughs> and Gchat. And then I uh, it was right before the last lockout where I started running the Twitter account. I remember you being like, I'm getting in tons of shit at work here. And they just denied me a bonus because I'm always on <laughs> Oilers Nation. And I was like, I guess it's time we have to start paying bag milk then. I remember being... I got called into an office one day and uh, there was projection screens in like this conference room office with the big long table and all that. And there was three people. It was me, two managers, and all Oilers Nation's tweets were up on the wall. Whoa. They went through my my history and they could go and retrieve screen grabs of what I was looking at. And there was just like... I was just making horrible jokes about... Fucking Gilbert, Gilbert Brule did something, so I'm going to go jump off the high-level bridge or something like that. And they were like, what are you doing all day? Why are you calling yourself bagged milk on the it's internet? being poisonous. Yeah. I remember when I, when I ultimately <laughs> left at Atco, which was the nicest, I can't, the, the best place ever to go work. And I did my review, and they were like, you're great and good for you and everything. And our only complaint is that you always go to OilersNation.com for more work computers. I just stop doing that and that's it. And I quit like a week later and I was like, oh, and by the way, I'm quitting to run that website. <laughs> and my boss was like, what? You have seen that idiot. coming. <laughs> Bye. Mic drop out. And we still get natural gas to this day. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. It was, it was as somebody who started as a fan of the website and a commenter and then worked into what I'm doing now. It's very interesting to see how the website has changed and evolved from where it was originally and at. the ecosystem social media i mean it, had we waited two years to launch others nation we probably would have just made a twitter account yeah that's true right true because jared's, jared's is gonna kill us well but what happened with the building this week quick one. Oh shit so the building so i go to a child's birthday party on saturday morning right down the street from the building and the guy having the party at mandy's with five e's on instagram says did you know that you hit a water main at five o'clock on friday and no one had water all of friday night and i go <laughs> no way why are they digging on a water main at five o'clock at night so i leave the child's birthday party and go running down the alley to the new construction site and it wasn't full of water like i thought it would be and so first thing this morning, I gets on the horn and starts asking questions. And it turns out they hit an old water main, Chalmers, not a new one. Yes. It was just a bunch of water that had been trapped underground for like 50 years. Lucky. But they shut the water off to the street as a precaution. So why didn't anybody in the neighborhood have water? Because as a precaution, they said the water mains burst and Epcor turned off the water. Oh. But then they realized that it wasn't the rail. And they turned the water back on. And that's why they only had no water for like an hour. That's pretty interesting. Good thing we didn't if hit it, the water main. If it was, yeah, because then your hole would have flooded and it would have really stopped production. If all that sand and stuff got wet, it would have been bad. I'm pretty sure I could live without water for an hour. Buddy, I've had three water main breaks at the, um, the old house that I lived in last year. We had three water main breaks out front in probably a one-year span. Each of them lasted a different amount of time. One lasted like three days. One was like six days and one was a week and a half. I'm telling you, you cannot. It is one of life's like... You know, we take it for granted, man. It is three days without water is life changing. You're hundred percent right. When I was in Asia, we, I was there during the peak of a drought. So they would periodically shut off the water to the island. Yeah. And it's gnarly. It's crazy. You it's, drink buckets. It, like, oh, yeah. you just, you don't even realize what you do that you don't realize that you, that, you know, like you just go to the bathroom and then you get up and you go to flush down and you're like, oh my God. Oh yeah. I don't have water. 
Now you have a fresh log in there, and you got to figure out where you're going to get water. Well, you're not just going to take a bucket. <laughs> a lot so of much crap talk this week. I mean, it's Jesus. relatable to everybody. Jerry, can we call it a lot of crap talk this week? <laughs> One last thing, though. Yeah. This is what I do want with Twitter. I think I'm going to try to hone what Twitter can do for us uh-huh. and for me. Uh-huh. But people have said a lot that they like when I talk about building. Yes. That they find and enjoyable. And my family, yes. So I want to start talking to people and answering basically their questions about things that they have around their house that they're curious about or that's wrong with them. Any questions they might have. Just construction or they're if they've got inside? a log that they don't know what to do I have with. a fresh log in my toilet. Just anything construction. <laughs> yes. Dump water in the top of the tank or in the bowl and it will work. Chalmers. Oh, wow, this is so hit work. Chalmers up. Hit us up so, on social. Yeah. What, what is my handle again? The <laughs> oh Ultimate God. Chalmers. At Ultimate Chalmers. No, no, no. That's just my That's name. That's Smigorowski. Yes. But if someone searches Ultimate Chalmers, or just leave find it in it. our Instagram comments on the animation. That's true. Mm, yes. All right. Well, Jared, we're going to do your dream of your life. <laughs> See you next week. Excuse me there. I just lost my trend of thought. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.